You can't be afraid of making mistakes, and that's something I think that I really try to um, implement with my team is make all the mistakes you want because that's where you learn. That's how we learn um, as a company. Just don't make them twice. It's <laughs> fine if you make it once. Just don't make it twice. You're listening to the She Is Fierce podcast. I'm Kelly Youngs, the founder of She Is Fierce, a global women's network that elevates women's stories and gives you the tools and connections you need to live on purpose. On our podcast, you'll hear the inspiring stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who have overcome challenges and built purpose-filled lives. And you'll get a behind-the-scenes look at my mission-driven business and learn how to brand and grow your own. Welcome. I am so excited to be here today with Amy Upchurch, the founder of Pink Stork, a phenomenal women's wellness brand that is actually based in the same hometown as She Is Fierce, St. Augustine, Florida. So um, Amy has been a past speaker for us, a just an inspiring woman nationally across many magazines and many different features and is building a brand focused on women's wellness and health, but also on who they are as, as human beings, right? And has new things coming that are about women in business. So I am so thrilled to have Amy as one of our first featured guests on our brand new season for 2023. Amy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited to talk with you and your audience, and thanks for having me on. Well, I am truly honored. Um, as I shared, you have spoken for us, and you lit up our stage with your beautiful, I remember your beautiful outfit, you had a beautiful pink dress on, <laughs> and fabulous shoes, and just a phenomenal personal story as well. And um, I want to just take a moment and mention that we are doing this interview today on International Women's Day. And also, I think about one week before you are anticipating having another baby. I know, right? any day. <laughs> I know, happy Women's International Day. So um, I don't want to kind of take away from your story. Can I ask you to share a little bit about um, yourself, your kind of personal journey, and how you founded Pink Stork, but also a little bit about your family, because I think those two things are so interconnected for you. Yes, they are. It's very much, very much entwined. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of the story, you know, I, I got married really young. I was 21 years old. And, you know, growing up, I really struggled with regular cycles, even having a period. And so, um, you know, it was not in the cards, according to my doctors, you know, that I was going to be able to have kids. So when I found out I was pregnant two weeks after I had gotten married <laughs> from my insurance agent that called me, I was like, um, you have a mistake. You must, you know, it can't be. Uh, but they were, they're right. I was pregnant. Um, and anyways, my first pregnancy was extremely trying situation. Um, I was in and out of the hospital. I basically um, had something called hyperemesis gravid arm, which I explained to people is pretty much like morning sickness on steroids, where I was throwing up 30, 40 times a day. 
um, a very obviously dehydrated, um, lacking lots of nutrients just from not being able to eat anything. So I was in and out of the hospital with uh, feeding tubes, pick lines, um, all sorts of things. At the time, I had just moved to Quantico, Virginia, which is a few hours, like an hour south of D.C., and my husband was training for, um, what is it called, OCS, which is like Marine Corps Officer Candidate School. So brand new to the area, <laughs> living in the hospital, um, and just having a very hard time, obviously physically, but also like emotionally and mentally and spiritually. I felt like I'd just been like hit by a semi truck. And um, anyways, I ended up contracting a blood infection in one of the the pick lines that had been installed to me to administer my medicine. And it's called a Cenobacter. It was a very rare blood infection that's like found in Afghanistan. Um, and its mortality rate, I think, was close to like 80%. So I remember my husband, he was gone training, but he I was laying in the hospital bed. My husband came in. He had like literally mud, war paint all over him, followed by like a team of doctors. And I was thinking, oh, shit, this isn't good. <laughs> um, and they came up and they said, you know, Amy, you're not doing so well. Like you, you have about 24 hours to live or else you and the baby are both, um, you know, not going to be able to make it. So I... It's so weird, but I, I remember it vividly that, and I just had like this sense of peace that came over me and was like, I really think that, that I, you're wrong. Like this can't be the end. It really can't be the end. And I don't know how many people have ever had someone look at them and say like, you have 24 hours to live, but it's a very weird thing to, to hear. And so, you know, those 24 hours turned into 48 hours, turned into 72 hours. I was able to just kind of hold on and fight through, really, um, the the bacteria infection. And I ended up delivering my baby boy. He was born a few weeks later um, and completely healthy, premature, but completely healthy. And I immediately felt better after he was he was out of me. So, um, long story short, it was just a very trying pregnancy. It was very hard, very just unexpected. And I didn't really, I had no clue what I was doing. Um, we ended up moving to Hawaii, I think like a month later. And then right when we got there, I found out I was pregnant with baby number two. So, um, I ended up again, kind of struggling with the same hyperemesis in and out of the hospital, relying on complete strangers halfway around the world to help me. I had no clue what I was doing. I was very, uh, physically ill and drained and, um, it was just a very trying time for me. So, um, Kind of fast forward, I, d I do that again through another third pregnancy. Um, well, I didn't mention how many children you have now. For six right now. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. So, You're a hero. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, luckily, by my fourth pregnancy, I figured out what I was doing was not working for my body at all. And I really yeah. had to, I worked with a team of doctors to really kind of come up with this regimen of how I was going to overcome the struggles that I had during my pregnancy. And, you know, it was, I was willing to try and do anything. I was like, I do not care, but I'm grateful. The doctors kept me alive. But I was not able to, like, thrive. And I wasn't, you know, you see all these women who are pregnant and smiling and happy and on magazines. And I'm like, no, that is not, that is not it. Um, and I really, I really wanted to experience that. And I was done kind of doing it the way they had told me to do it, just out of pure frustration. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, they were like, okay, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, what are my options? You know, and my, mo- my mom's a nurse, and she was like, we did a lot of research and basically came up with this protocol during my fourth pregnancy of how I was going to overcome these challenges. And long story short, I had an amazing experience. I didn't have to go to the hospital once. I had three young kids under the age of four that I was chasing around while my husband was gone. Um, I was like, I was like, I'm actually doing it. Like, this is great. Um, And I was just, so I just knew that from my experience, I always knew there was a reason. Like, I always knew that God had a plan. I just didn't know what that plan was. Mm. And during my fourth pregnancy, I was like, like that aha, like I get it. This is because it's not about me at all. It's not about my family, my kids. This is about other, other people. This is about other people's struggle and you helping them. And so that's, that's when I decided to create Pink Stork and really share my experience and my findings with with other women that are struggling with their bodies i i was like i can't be the only one that has these challenges in life um and we all do we all face challenges we all have issues with our bodies and so that's what when pink stork comes in to really come alongside and help women overcome and thrive with their bodies Mm. um and not just physically but also like emotionally, mentally, professionally, in every area. You know, I, as I was kind of preparing for our conversation, I was like, oh my gosh, I speak to so many phenomenal women, right? Who have incredible stories, but usually their story is like one focus. Like they built an amazing business and they, they overcame challenges to do that. Or they went through a real powerful health struggle and they overcame challenges to kind of get to a place of health and wellness or they're growing their family and kind of finding their purpose. And you have been doing all of those things uh, in a short span of time, right? And I shared, even before we started recording, I shared, I have two kids and I'm like, okay, I've got to make sure I try to, you know, balance home and balance work. And there's a lot of different elements that go into it without even considering the health challenges that you're sharing, right? So... I am grateful to you, I think, for sharing that aspect of it. And I will share even yesterday. I mean, it's so relevant. And I know you know this. um, And I think so many people that are going to be listening to this conversation will have been through, in particular with pregnancies, but also just women's health in general, will have been through really hard things Mm -hmm. that they didn't share, Mm -hmm. right? Didn't ask for help even, or didn't know, to your point earlier, that other people might actually be living through something similar. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm grateful to you, I think, first of all, for sharing your story, but also for 
um, you know, the work that you're doing to kind of step out of, okay, here's my personal experience and say, how can I translate this into something that is meaningful um, professionally and meaningful for other women who are going through similar experiences? So um, will you share a little bit about your journey with Pink Stork? So you, you shared everything that you dealt with and kind of how you got to that point. But now you have grown a multi-million dollar business that is focused on supporting women's wellness. So first of all, congratulations. Thank and you. second of all, will you share a little bit of that journey and how that has come to be? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I started out very humbly in our military base apartment and, you know, I knew, I knew that I wasn't the only one struggling. So, you know, I think really being able to put yourself in the shoes of your, your customer, your potential customer is really important and being able to empathize with them and understand what they're looking for is really important. And so that's pretty much what, that's exactly what I did was, what would I, what did I want when I was looking? What, what was it there? Where was the white space? And, and that's what I, that's what we started doing. We had, I, we started with nine different products kind of geared with the regimen that was successful for myself. And, um, you know, it, word of mouth just grew. So <laughs> I was receiving like, you know, these, I'd be working with our manufacturer and receiving <laughs> shiploads of products that was coming that I'd meet at the base. And they thought I was like selling drugs out of my <laughs> military apartment and, um, you know, the, lots of little stories like that, but it just, it, it organically grew. I think that women were seeing success with their bodies you know, we started off in a very niche space of morning sickness, and then it grew into kind of the entire pregnancy. Now we obviously do, you know, the whole season of life from PMS to menopause, um, but we grew organically with, with our customers and what she needed and what kind of struggles she was having um, in and around her body. And I think that keeping your customer first is really mm -hmm. important, you know, so everything we do is really focused on her. And, um, like I said, we started in Washington, DC on the military base, you know, at the time my husband was still in the military. So I was building a team remotely cause I was having to move. We moved to Pennsylvania. We moved to Florida. We were back in DC. Like, so I was building this remote team, um, with me as the, as we were growing and, um, when he got out of the military, we decided to come back here to St. Augustine. And I cannot tell you how many people said like that was going to be the death sentence for the company. And I just knew in my heart, like this was where I wanted to set up mm -hmm. our home base. And we don't have everything that comes out of here. Um, but this is, this is where I work out of. This is where we have people out of. We still have a team that is remote spread across the country. We actually have people around the world that work for us, which is really cool to say. But, um, you know, St. Augustine is, is our home base and where we've set up shop. So we're super excited to be here and to bring a type of company like ours to this area. There's no right or wrong path. It's you figure it out as you go. Like if you believe in what you do and you have a vision for what you're looking for, you can't really mess up. It's just a matter of, 
of figuring out how to get back on track or figuring yeah. out, you know, the next path to take. And you can't be afraid of making mistakes. And that's something I think that I really try to um, implement with my team is make all the mistakes you want because that's where you learn. That's how we learn um, as a company. Just don't make them twice. <laughs> but if you make it once, just don't make it twice. <laughs> I love One that. of the things I find most um, inspiring about what you're doing is the fact, and you, you said it, is really like coming home to a place that is meaningful to you. And as much as growing and scaling your business and reaching a really, um, an audience that really genuinely needs these services is important to you, you also have kind of kept that um, solid base, right? Of this is what's important to me. This is what's meaningful to me. And you're doing your best, I think. And it seems like you're doing a great job of balancing those two things. Yeah. And I use the bal I balance word very loosely because I think that's very hard to do, but you're kind of keeping those things both in mind. Do you think that's yeah, fair? Yeah. And it can be a challenge when you get into investors and you have, you know, board members and everyone is really throwing ideas and opportunities. And, and so I think really understanding your core of why you do what you do um, and staying true to that is so important because mm -hmm. I've just in the short time I've been in business, I've seen companies come and go and, and it's, you can very clearly see that they lost track of their why they lost track of, of what it was they were setting out to go do and kind of got distracted by all the glitz and the glam that can come with success and not staying true to kind of who they were. Um, mm -hmm. so I think it's really important to trust your gut. Like that's one of my, my favorite saying is like, my gut is saying this. Um, no, I think that's phenomenal advice. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about as a, um, as a woman growing, a young woman growing a business, um, is how did you approach some of those things you just mentioned? How did you approach investors? How did you approach growing a board and really thinking about your business? We have so many businesswomen that are going to be listening to this conversation who are like, yes, I have an amazing product or I have a fantastic idea, or maybe I'm already running a really strong business and I want to figure out how to do it better, right? Or how to grow it. How did you approach those, I think, sometimes really overwhelming choices in your business? Yeah, I think that it's really important to, to think big picture. So understand where it is that you're trying to go, because that'll help direct what you need to do today. Um, and so what, what is it in 10 years that you want your business to look like? And I, I, we have a system that we run off of called the EOS system here. And it's a phenomenal system. You guys, anyone out there that's looking to build a company or grow a company or has a company, um, it's called Traction. But basically, that's what we follow. That's a philosophy we follow. Um, and it, it really backs you into, you'll be able to answer those questions to, mm -hmm. you know, each company is different. Like I said, there's no wrong or right answer. It's what do you want? And so I think when you can set your big vision out of what you're trying to achieve, and then back into it, and then you'll be able to understand who are the investors you want, what type of investor do you want, how active of an investor do you want, what do you want your board to look like? Those, All those questions are answered much easier if you have a goal and a roadmap to where you're trying to go and what you're trying to do. Okay, I love that very practical answer, because I think that's one of the things a lot of times... Um 
uh, when we are discussing growing businesses, we hear really kind of vague, like really inspiring answers, but not a practical answer. So I love that you give a really practical solution and I hope that people will kind of take that on board and, and move forward with it. Yeah. Um, highly but- recommend that book traction. It's great. <laughs> and it has like workbook pages where you can really, it, it, it makes you think about your, your company in a different light. I want to ask you about areas that you may have struggled both Mm -hmm. in your business. um, And I would say you shared like a a really powerful struggle that inspired your business. Mm -hmm. But obviously once you have been in this process of growing and scaling and being a mother to five children, soon to be six and just living life, right. As a human being, we kind of naturally come um, up against different barriers or kind of struggle in different ways. Can you share a struggle that maybe you've gone through in the, like the last five years that you were able to overcome and maybe a little bit of how that happened? Um, well, there's lots of ways that I struggle, so we can start with that. <laughs> Do you want a professional struggle? Do you want a personal struggle? <laughs> I'm going to go with professional, but I really, honestly, I think it's what, you know, for our audience, is there a struggle that you're like, oh, I, I just wish people knew you can get past this? Oh yeah. And I'm a, I, again, I'm like a big believer of you can overcome anything. There's not an event or a failure or a mistake that is too big. I lost a quarter of a million dollars within like our second year by one account and one phone call. And that was so detrimental. Um, but obviously we overcame it and we're better and I've learned and I haven't made that same mistake twice, which is great. Um, but I think it's, For me, you know, I'll give a vague answer and then I can give you like an example. I think it's not being afraid to fail is really important. Like Mm -hmm. I, I can't stress that enough. Like with our team, like let's try new things. If we fail, so what? Like what's, what, like, so what? Um, we'll learn something, um, and we'll maybe have to clean some stuff up, but it's not the end of the world. And so I think a lot of people and women in particular are afraid of, of failing, of making a mistake. You know, society puts so much pressure, I think on women, especially women in business, you know, it can be used against you in your future. Um, there's so many examples of it, but I think for me personally, I really, not that I don't have fear. I have tons of fear, but I, I work through and over that fear to, to try new things, to, think outside the box and make the, and give myself the freedom to make mistakes. Um, so I think an example of that for me, a struggle I think is, you know, like I said, we're here in St. Augustine, like finding some of the talent that we look for that we need within our business can be a struggle. So, um, you know, our hiring, um, I think hiring like the right type of people, we've made some mistakes before, Um, I think just really trying to be intentional about hiring the right people, um, is a big focus of ours and something that I'm continually working on tweaking, not just myself, but our entire team and people that have been with the company for, for a while. Um, that's a struggle that we have. Not, not like a struggle, but it's something that's always going to be a struggle (laughs) because I don't think it's going to go away. I think that is the number one issue that I hear from all business owners, uh, from people who are just starting out hiring their first employee to people who are running 
$100 million businesses. Yeah, I like to, and I don't know if this is, if my team likes this so much, but I really like to bring people with different personalities, different backgrounds, different walks of life into mm. our organization. So we, you know, have people, like I said, from around the world working with us. That's very intentional. I think it's really important, like our customers that come from different walks of life and have different backgrounds and perspectives. And we, in order to represent and understand them, we need to make sure as an organization, we are capturing that inside our organization as well. Yeah, I love that. So um, I think, you know, as, as somebody who has kind of watched you grow, even just over the last few years and seen... I think how intentional you are with your business. I find that really inspiring. And um, I think there's so many women in your larger, broader community of customers and people who are really a part of your community, right? So it's not just about buying a product. It's actually being connected with other women who are dealing with similar um, issues or maybe are experiencing the same challenges or just trying to find each other. Um, what does it mean to you as somebody who's grown that um, this like fantastic business, but also a really powerful community of people who are there for each other throughout all of these different women's health issues. As you said, really, I think you started out really focused around pregnancy, but it has grown beyond that. Mm -hmm. It's really cool. We have, um, a group of women, we call them our raving fans. And the other day I was sitting in, in a meeting and the they were talking about how they're like, we don't even have to do our job because our raving fans, like <laughs> they're, they're the ones that are talking and answering all the questions. And so, you know, for me, I think that that really stemmed from when I was like by myself laying in a hospital bed, didn't know anyone around me. And when you have a sense of community around you that understands what you're going through, um, or can just empathize with you, it, it gives you hope, right? It gives you strength. Like there's power in those numbers. And so our community aspect in Pink Stork is a huge emphasis of ours because we're not, we're not selling them products. They're, they're there to connect with each other and we're just there to facilitate those relationships. Um, and it's very powerful. I mean, I, you know, I see stories all the time and get emails all the time from different women in different stages of life that, you know, are fighting cancer or struggling with infertility or, you know, this, that, and the other. And it just, it makes me so happy to see that we're able to come alongside and help them, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and really change their lives and make them better. Cause I, I know what that feels like to, to be on your own and struggling and not know where to turn or what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're really reaching people in some of their most vulnerable moments, right? A lot of people are putting a lot of trust in us. So we have a lot that we have to uphold and, um, that's not anything we take lightly at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let me ask you a question that is both business and just life related. What are some of the biggest milestones in your mind uh, with your business? So as you've been growing Pink Stork, as your community has grown and all of these raving fans have gotten on board and, and are out there advocating for you, are there um, just milestones that really stick out for you that are 
like at this moment, like when we hit this financial goal or when we hit this number of people in our community, that's when it really sunk in. Yeah, I'm always blown away by the number of um like the number of businesses that are women owned like truly women owned you you see companies that have women founders or a woman spokesperson but to actually be women to own is completely different and so i'm always blown away by that small percentage that is actually women owned like we need more women owned companies and yeah in America, we, we really do. We're so underrepresented. Um, and so I'm always blown away by that statistic. And then another, I think it's, it's very small. Like I'm talking like 3%. Um, and then of that, the number of companies that even succeed over a million dollars is, is very small from that. So even over a hundred thousand dollars is a fraction. Yeah. And so I just, um, you know, I really, for us hitting that million dollar mark was a huge milestone. Um, and I, I wish there were more women owned companies that could come along, come up and, and do that as well. So I think that's a big milestone. I think obviously hiring, you know, those first few employees is a big milestone setting up shop here in San Augustine was a big milestone. Um, launching new products is always something I'm so excited about. I love the product development side of, of our business. Yeah. So is there something that you're looking forward to? Is there something that you're kind of building as your next big, uh, kind of milestone that you're working towards right now? Um, well, we just launched our, the business mentorship for, uh, for women owned businesses. You know, it just stems, like I said, from other wanting to help support other women owned businesses. And so what is it that I think about that I would have wanted to know when I was starting my company, when I was starting, um, and how can we help financially with those organizations or with those companies? How can we help mentor, you know, what the questions that they have, you know, um, all sorts of, so kind of really running through the whole, the whole gamut of, of a business and how to kind of help set them up for success is what the program is um, geared, geared towards. And how can people find out about that program? At, through, through pickandstork.com. You are really reaching women in the, in the women's health space. You're now turning your attention to female business owners and, I'm thinking about how you can help and support them, which I love. Um, And you are also a mom of almost six children, right? So are there any characteristics that you feel like have helped you to succeed? And when I use the word succeed, I I feel like I say that a lot and I always want to qualify it by saying success is really relative, right? For what, what is meaningful to us. Like I've met some really successful people who are just miserable. And then I've met some people who are objectively maybe not successful, but are just happily living their lives, right? So you've kind of been able to define what success is for you and and have been living that out. So can you share maybe just some, some personal characteristics that you think have served you well in doing that? <laughs> um, I thrive under chaos. So that's, <laughs> that's probably one. Um, I love energy, motion activity, loudness, like that's just, that's where, 
that's where I feel like I live my best um, self. So I think that works really well for a large family that has a lot going on. And that works really well for a business that's growing and has lots of, um, lots of things happening in and around. Um, I also think that hiring people around me, I know my weaknesses. I'm not naturally an organized person at all. Um, it's something I really have to force myself to do. And I put the people around me to help mm -hmm. facilitate that as well. And planning. I've, that's been such a big emphasis over the past, I think, two years processes, planning things out, um, being very intentional and focused on, on what it is you're trying to achieve and where it is you're trying to go and putting like guardrails around. I think one of the struggles too is once you like anything, once it's growing, you kind of have a lot of opportunity around you and that opportunity can be great, but it can also be a great uh, distraction from what it is that you're set out to do. And, um, so really learning to focus, um, and intentionally spend your time where, where it is that you want to see the biggest impact, I think is also really important. So, um, that was a great answer. And I think leads back to, um, one of the kind of deeper questions that we always focus on in our podcast interviews. And that is, um, what gives you a sense of purpose? Right. So you've talked a lot about your story. I think it's I can make some assumptions about what your sense of purpose is. But even in the very beginning of this conversation, you almost in one of your, the very first answers or very first sentences you said was know your why, understand mm -hmm. your why. So I would love to kind of come full circle and talk to you about what purpose means to you and how you kind of tie that in and tie that back to everything that you do. Yeah, that's a great question. I'm always like asking my kids, you know, even from a very young age, like I think that it's important to think about what it is that you do, what it is you spend your time on, why are you drawn to certain things um, and stepping outside of yourself. We live in a world like where I think it's so important to leave it better than we found it. And we're all, you know, I think we all have a part to play in that. And so um, for me, it's really understanding the why, why I spend my time on what I do, why I do what I do. And it has nothing to do with me. It actually has nothing to do with Pink Stork or um, it's really about knowing that we are changing lives. Like I remember through the struggle, like I don't want people to hear this and think like, well, I don't know why. Like that's okay if you don't know why. I think, I think, the important thing is to continue to ask yourself, why, mm -hmm. why is this important to you? Why do you feel drawn to this? And, and hopefully that answer will come to you because I, trust me, I remember laying there for years asking why I didn't understand. I was so mad. I was so frustrated. Um, but there will be a breakthrough and you will have that aha moment where it comes together and, um, you can really define why it is that you do what you do. I love that. And purpose is really like a, a, obviously an underlying value for She is Fierce and for everything that we're doing. Um, but clearly, I think you're fierce. I invited you to be on our podcast. <laughs> well, thank our you. Can you share what is what does being fierce mean to you? Oh my goodness. Being fierce. I feel like that has so many, it can have so many <laughs> meanings. Like there, you could be fierce in so many different ways. Um, it's probably just like a true sense of confidence of knowing what it is that you do and believing it with your whole heart and living it out with your whole 
sense of being. Um, you know, we all have good days and bad days. <laughs> not every day. You might not feel fierce every day, but it's a, it's a bigger, it's bigger than just one day. It's bigger than just one event and one in a feeling. It's really having, um, the confidence to go out each day, even when you've failed, even when you don't feel like it and continue to live out your purpose. I love seeing what you're doing and the purpose. And just like you shared the why that you have behind it. I think we are reaching so many of the same women in, in so many of the same spaces in different ways. And um, so I think for me, it's something that's inspiring about your story is the lightness and the energy that you bring to growing, right? To thinking really big and knowing what is possible. And for me, I think that's, that is very inspiring. And I, I hope, and I know will be inspiring for so many women um, in our community who are doing really meaningful things, who are running mission-driven businesses, who mm -hmm. are, you know, uh, working at a high level in their business or working towards being in a high level and trying to figure out how they can think bigger right. about what's possible. So for me, that's like a huge takeaway from our conversation and just frankly, being very impressed with you as a person who's about to have a sixth child and running a big business, which I, I can't even aspire to that. I'm just going to be impressed. That's all I can do. <laughs> no. Well, thank you. Obviously, baby number six is due here pretty much any day now. And I've been doing a lot of reflection myself because this baby is has been diagnosed with Down syndrome. So um, I think... For me, I feel like I'm getting ready to enter a new, a new area that I know nothing about, absolutely nothing. And that's very scary and overwhelming some days. And I, I think I just reflect back on the challenges that I faced in the past and knowing that God has a plan and that there is a purpose and, um, kind of being confident that he has chosen our family, me, to be the mom, to be, you know, to be a part of this. And this is going to be a great, I, I'm just really kind of hopeful and excited for the way he is going to open the doors to so many different things that we just haven't known before. And instead mm. of being, I'm not saying I'm not like scared because I'm completely scared. I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, but knowing that there is a purpose and a plan here for our family, for kind of this next phase of life that we're entering. Um, and just doing a lot of reflecting on what it felt like um, when I was pregnant, you know, back when I didn't have any answers. It, I kind of feel yeah. like I'm starting all over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe you are, but I think that's a beautiful thing. And knowing, look what you've done with the challenges that you had before, right? I think that's a beautiful, um, you know, for me, again, I'm not the person who's who's dealing with that and going through it. But for me, I, I feel confident knowing that you will bring something beautiful out of this in addition to a beautiful baby, right? Yes, yes, definitely. And um, yeah, we're excited just to see the, the, the doors that he's going to open. This isn't something I've ever really thought about before. And now I look at things with a whole new perspective already. Um, so it's pretty amazing to see.
Yeah. Well, Amy, I am so grateful to you for sharing your time, especially in such a busy time right now leading up to having another baby. Um, is there any final message that you would want to share with the women who are listening to this, um, you know, in the next few weeks, but also in the future, maybe two years from now when they've gotten to see some of the things that you've done and built and grown um, around your family and as Pink Stork grows even more? Yeah, I would say one thing that we didn't talk about that I also think is really important is being underestimated can be such a great thing. And to really use that to your advantage as well, because just naturally, I think as women, we're underestimated in business all the time. And I feel like that is a secret weapon of mine. Like underestimate me all day long. That actually plays to my to my benefit. So um, you're going to be underestimated in life and that is OK and use it to your advantage. Ooh, that is such a good one to end on. I love it so much. And um, and in so many ways, right? So being young, uh, what you look like, being a woman, there's so many different ways that we Definitely. can be underestimated. And the practice of knowing that you have the ability to kind of demonstrate for people who underestimate you now what is possible, I think is incredible. So thank you. That's a wonderful um, final thought for us to take away. So thank you again, Amy Upchurch from Pink Stork. I'm so grateful again for your time. And I cannot wait to one day meet your beautiful new baby and see everything that you do with Pink Stork as it grows and as you reach more women out there in the world. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's so great to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the She Is Fierce podcast. Join our community of fierce female leaders and women on the rise who are ready to level up, make more money, find more joy, and make their mark in the world inside our She Is Fierce membership, our high-level CEO mastermind circle for entrepreneurs, or at one of our sold-out live events. Choose how you want to get involved at sheisfiercehq.com.